Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the second episode of our podcast. If you haven't yet, make sure to check out our first episode, now available on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. The second episode and the second topic we're going to be talking about today is mental health. So this is just a warning right at the front of the episode that although we are lighthearted in our nature, that this is a serious topic. So just keep that in mind as you listen to this podcast. Today, we have a bit of a different panel, so we're going to go around and give introductions one more time. And since we're talking about mental health, I thought we could all answer the question of something that you do to relieve stress. In other words, perhaps a chill pill method that you use to relieve stress or to ground yourself during stressful times. So I'll go first. I'm the host of today, and my name is Christine. And something I do to relieve stress is watch sad movies. Because I feel like if I cry about like a sad movie, at least I'm not crying about other things, you know? All right, and I'll pass it on. Hi, my name is Briner, and uh, what calms me down during stressful times is going for a walk. There's something about um, being outside and not being stuck in your own thoughts. So basically doing something. Hi guys, I'm Angel, and what I do is I listen to music and I cuddle my dog. I'm Janelle, and I wish I had a dog to cuddle, but I also just blast music. I'm Napoleon, and uh, oftentimes uh, in those stressful moments, usually going um, to the gym, doing something physical just to get out of your own head has been uh, my go-to for years. Um, hi, I'm Myla. Um, I think for me, I relieve stress by, I think, opposite of Christine. I watch very lighthearted, wholesome stuff to get my mind away, and I have a dog, so I also cuddle. <laughs> I cuddle my dog, Benji, and I feel much better after. Hi, my name is Josh. Uh, for me, it would be uh, listening to music as well and uh, play sports. Very nice. Oh. Hey, my name is Earl. Um, mine would be sports as well, volleyball. And I have two cats, so I pet them to relieve stress. Yeah. All those that don't have pets are very jealous right now, I guess. Since we're talking about mental health, especially that we are a podcast associated with the church, I wanted to read you guys some statistics that I found from LifeWay Research about mental health in the church. So it says here that 49% of pastors say that they rarely or never speak to their congregations about mental health. So about half of pastors that are preaching from the pulpit don't touch on mental health. But uh, 76% of churchgoers say suicide is a problem that needs to be addressed in their community, in their church. So already we see this kind of discrepancy between what is talked about versus what is prioritized kind of deal. Another statistic here is that 92% of pastors say their church is equipped to take care for their family that experiences the suicide or experiences suicidal ideations, that they're, they feel as though their um, congregation is prepared, but only 4% of churchgoers who lost a loved one to suicide say church leaders were aware of their loved one's struggles. struggles. So we can see here that there's this huge discrepancy between what people feel is important that we understand that people are going through this, and also this almost gap and barrier between what is actually spoken from the pulpit. And so we all agreed when we were talking and planning that it would be important to talk about mental health in one of these episodes. So I'm glad that you're all here with me diving into this topic. I want all of us to be open today, so don't feel afraid to, to say whatever really is on your mind. If there's tears, there's tears. If there's laugh, if 
there's laughter, there is laughter. So going to our first question, just to kick things off here. So the first question I have for all of you, and anyone can jump in here, uh, have you ever experienced people assuming that true, whatever that means, true Christians don't struggle with mental health issues? And have you ever even thought of that yourself? I guess I'll go for that one. Um, you know, first of all, I'm so glad that our, our young adults here are bringing this topic to the forefront. Um, for the longest time, uh, I've been in ministry almost going into uh, almost 20 years now, but for the longest time, this topic was somewhat untouched and not really delved into. Um, you know, uh, there are nations that are more open to talking about it from the pulpit. Um, other nations, not so much. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about it because it is a big problem within the church. And um, the exposure we've had over the years, uh, we have seen the streams, the different streams, the different extremes um, of uh, ministry's stance on this. Uh, one side being that it's totally demonic and if you just have faith enough, uh, if you just pray enough, fast enough, if you just cast it out enough, um, then you'll, you know, um, then you'll, you'll be set free. And unfortunately, that is a really dangerous path to go on, right? And um, when we talk about, and especially when we label um, true Christians don't suffer, uh, how then are you going to encourage those yeah. who are struggling with it to come out when you have already labeled them as fake Christians, essentially, right? Because they suffer with some, you know, uh, uh, mental health issues and mental health challenges. And frankly speaking, it's just not biblical. And if you look at David, <laughs> read the Psalms. If you read the book of Psalms, you see this personality, almost like this dual personality, this dichotomy in one person of one just super happy and the next moment he's just down in the dumps. You see Elijah, one of the greatest Old Testament prophets, and he's suicidal. Jonah, the same thing. And so you see this all throughout. Um, but at least nowadays, I think we're able to talk about it openly. And, and that's, I think, one of our goals here today is to put this out there so that we really, you know, we're able to help those who are still on the fringes, still hiding, mm -hmm. to come to the forefront where they can actually get the help they need mm -hmm. without being labeled a certain way, true Christian, false Christian, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone else like had experiences in the church where perhaps, like not maybe directly, but subliminally, there was this message that maybe if you go through mental health issues, that there is this like fake Christian. Anyone else want to touch on that? Yeah. Uh, um, I have a couple of friends who uh, challenge my faith or like challenge my belief and stuff on um, you're Christian, you should not do this or something like that. And, you know, uh, we are all human beings. So, we have this amazing gift from God where we can feel jealousy, all these emotions um, in, our, uh, in our life. And um, yeah, and uh, we, uh, we, can't, uh, we can't dodge those feelings. And you know, those feelings get um, based on our daily lives and there's certain things that happens in our life that we can't control. And, um, yeah. 
Sorry. Um, I also, one of the things I think for in the Christian community, it's so easy for us when someone is going through a physical ailment or physical disease, or it's so easy for us to be like, we'll pray over you, you're going through a hard time, we'll do whatever we can to support. But then when it goes to mental health, and that's something where we're, it's a ailment, it's a condition you're going that you're going through in your mind, people are like not as supportive or aren't able to see it in such an obvious way. And so there's this almost like... Um, it's not as supported and there's still a lot of stigma and misconceptions that come with it, which is unfortunate. But like what Pastor Knapp was saying, we're having these conversations and we're able to have these stories up to the forefront for those who are going through this sort of thing and addressing the, the stigmas and the misconceptions. Yeah. And I do think that it has gotten a lot better, like even in my own lifetime, like in the at least in the church where, where we are now, um, it has like it's not as like taboo of a topic to bring it up. So perhaps we don't have as many experiences, at least um, us, like perhaps directly someone being like, oh, you don't have faith enough. Have you guys ever like thought to yourself when you're going through something and you're struggling? Oh, like maybe I don't have faith enough. Cause I know I've gone through that. We're like, why am I so stressed out if I know I have the peace that comes from above? Stuff like that. Um, same for me as well. Like um, sometimes we get caught off guard and um, when those like thoughts, you know, um, like bad thoughts, comes into our mind, sometimes it's like um, it makes you doubt of how much faith you have. Sometimes, and uh, it's also about like it. Um, that thought about you know, oh, you don't have faith enough. Um, they'll like for me personally, they'll make me think that okay, I guess uh, like it's it'd be harder for me to reach out for sure, yeah. with, uh, with those, so, yeah. Definitely, those, like, thoughts definitely make it a lot harder to reach out to other people. Um, considering that a lot of people, I think all of us, can, can relate in some aspect to mental health issues or to, to having going through stressful times. Listeners, if you hear that cricket, I'm so sorry. It's, it's over there, but I won't pay too much attention to it. But considering that there really is very few people that are untouched by mental illness, why do you think that it's still like very much an isolating experience? It's very much still like a, people can feel like isolated or alone because of their own struggles. Like, why do you think it still really is so hard to reach out? Uh, I can touch on that a little bit. Um, I think it's because of that uh, generational gap between like... Um, either parents and like uh, ch children. Cause like um, I know for, for their generation, they don't talk much about mental health. And um, yeah, it, it feels uh, like, you know, like if, if you, you go through it, it feels kind of isolate, you, you feel isolated because you can't articulate what you feel yeah. to, your, to your parents. So like, like you, you, you actually like expect them to 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 validate your feeling but then you're afraid because like they didn't really have that or they didn't really talk about that in their generation type of thing Definitely. so yeah have you guys found like there being like a big generational gap between you and your parents when you're trying to talk about mental health 
Yeah, definitely. I know that some of my friends struggle with mental health, but hearing um, my parents or some of the older generation talk about it, uh, they'll speak as if it's all in their head or yeah. that they're burdening their own parents because of what they're going through. And it's, I, I think it's just really disheartening because you know, you can see both sides of how of how the parents are struggling to relate to their child, but how their kid is actually in a, in so much hurt. Right. And I do think that um, the stigma on mental health is harder because with physical illness, there is something that you can see. Yes. But um, kind of it stems from like the mind. Right. So it's it's in your head. So it, it's hard to to have like someone relate to you if they really can't see the effect that it has on you. It's kind of an isolating incident within itself. So I feel like that can lead to some of um, the feelings of isolation. Anyone else, like generational differences that you've experienced? You don't even have to be like your own parents, but something that you've, you know, witnessed or seen. Um, I think for speaking on that, a lot of the one, the phrases I've heard here and there um, is mostly like, oh, you're too worried, like stop worrying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like, oh, there's like, why are you so sad? Just stop being sad, like be happy, <laughs> which is like, it's, it's, I know that in, they're coming from a good place. Well, for most part, a good place, but it's it's not as such an easy fix as it were if it was perchance like, you know, you hurt your knee and you can just have that heal. Um, and I don't think like the older generation really sees or really fully understands because it's something that they never really had to maybe yeah. even talk about or deal with. They had different things, different issues in their time that we wouldn't be able able to fully relate to. And in the same way, there's still that difference that generational difference yeah I mean in my own experience I often find that like parent generations they have like I don't want to compare struggles because each generation has their own struggle but like our parent generation really had to struggle with a lot of things and then they come out of it and they're like oh but we're fine like we had to deal with so much and we don't have all of this like new mental illness that all these kids have quote unquote and so I find that um parents often like will see their kids, how they provided them with this good life. They came here to Canada. They provided them with this quote unquote like cushiony life. And then they see their kids like talk about this mental illness stuff. Like there's a big disconnect with that. And I think that's where a lot of like miscommunication comes from. Did anyone else want to touch on, on this one? And I think you know, every generation has its own challenges, yeah. right? And, and currently this present generation right now um, that is the Goliath in their generation is is mental health, and I think you know speaking from the parents' side of it, um, there are things that our young people are going through today, and contributing factors to this issue that they didn't have in their day, and uh, you know I think what what where we need to meet on this is for. Um, the parent generation to not necessarily see this current generation based off of their experience, mm-hmm. but to be able to, and, and I know that it's hard for them to understand because much of what you, you know you guys are going through, what we're we're going through, um, is it, is they didn't have to go through, mm-hmm. and but just because they didn't go through it does not mean it's not real, yeah. right? And 
that's where the two generations really have to come together and sit around the table and hear each other out rather than dismissing simply because they didn't go through it themselves. Because I promise you, the generation prior to them felt the same way about some of the things they were going through. And so it's, I think it's, it should be something that um, every generation should learn because when we have, we have our kids, when you guys have your kids, <laughs> those kids are going to have their own set of things that they're going to be challenged yeah. with. And I think it's very important for us to, under, to learn this now that when those things do come up, that we don't become the ones that will dismiss the future generation from what they're facing because we didn't necessarily go through it. And, and so, I, you know, it, it's really this having to um, hear each other out without judging because we didn't go through it ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So uh, there's, there's, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg here, and, and we're all learning uh, from it. And I know how confusing it can be for the, the parent generation mm-hmm. that we, we've talked to. Um, how challenging it is for them to understand what this generation is going through. Um, And so this generation also has to give some grace to their parents. Because it's not necessarily for the lack of empathy or care or concern. It's that they have, some of them just really don't have a reference point as to what this generation is talking about. So again, I think for, for me, it goes both ways of, of, of understanding for us to really be able to walk through this together. Last episode, if you listened, uh, we were pretty lighthearted. We were making a lot of jokes. Um, but this time, not that we're going to become all like hyper serious and all talk in monotone, but to really like dive in, I don't want to just go on a surface level of mental health where we keep referring it to this unknown mental health issue in the distance, but let's really like be vulnerable with one another um, and really name what we're talking about when we talk about mental health. So the question I have for us, please jump in right away, um, is uh, in your own experience with mental health, I'm not gonna add or others around you, in your own experience with mental health, have you ever found yourself doubting that God is good? Never. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. Yeah, so many times, um, especially uh, during my early uh, Christian life, um, you know, the lack of understanding of what God um, tells about who I am. And yeah, and just does, and not like, you know, fully understanding the stories that we learn from Bible stories and stuff. And when we get hit with those real-life problems that um, I mentioned this in my story, I mean, in my testimony that I went up, where I struggle with my career path. And, you know, I went to, I tried so many things, got a degree, um, never used that, and all the pressure from your parents and, um and tried so many different things and all the rejection that's happening. And so, yeah, I asked God, why, you know, why is this happening? And, um, and yeah, and starting to relearn the definition of um, God's purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. That verse, I want to quote a verse mm-hmm. from... Pastor John. <laughs> Pastor John. Um, from Ephesians 3.20. 
Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, most your most unbelievable dream and exceeds your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them for his miraculous power constantly energize you. So, you know, reading that that verse, a lot of people will have different view of success, right? I ask a lot of people this, like, what is success to you? Um, and you get so many different answers. But most people would like, oh, wildest dream. Like, my dream is to have a house, family, money, car, right? And all those goals and stuff. But, um, but God's plan for you is different, right? It's different from the things that you want in life, right? So that's when um, I struggle because all those things, all those worldly things that I want is for myself. And, um, and a lot of, I know a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with um, the things that you want in life. And, and I know there's a lot of different um, different um, I don't say this additional things that happens why it didn't happen, but you know sometimes it's God's success is different from your success, mm-hmm. right? And then pastors ha- Pastor Happy's sermon about goals and your success in life. I remember it. That was like on YouTube. really um, uh, what do you call that? Impact, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and. Yeah, and, and redefining what is your success and what God's success for your life, right? And being a Christian, is that, does it mean that you get perfect right away? And does it mean yeah. that you'll change right away? Mm-hmm. It's a practice. This is a practice that you have to do. And constant, constant reminder and daily, you know, daily prayers, daily devotions, and surrounding yourself with um, same people and community and local churches and stuff. And... and um, yeah. yeah, I liked what you were saying, Josh, and that, like, God's success looks different from your own. Because, like, I'm going to be real here and <laughs> talk about Go my ahead. own experiences. So a lot of, like, what I think of success, or I like to, like, it's in my own relationships in terms of, like, oh, I don't have as much friends, or, mm. like, oh, I've never been in a, oh, my goodness. Okay. It's okay. Why am I crying? It's Fear. okay. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's because a lot of the times there's this. Um, I'm struggle. I struggle with a lot of like imposter syndrome or like being able to see that like I'm like God gave me the things I'm in. I'm in a position where I'm good, but why am I still so sad? Hmm. Like, why do I still feel so alone? Like, like I don't know why. But those are the things I'm sure lots of people struggle with. Am I going to be on the promo with my crying? (laughs) Good, good. Get the the tear. Um, But yeah, it's so crazy because like I know, I know there are people who love me, but I don't love myself sometimes. And it's so strange because I know that God loves me. So even in the moments where I don't love myself, I know God does and that is more than enough. But it's still such a struggle. Like, 
I go and sleep, and I'm like, oh, I'm good, but my heart is pounding. I'm so anxious for no reason. Like, I sleep, and I'm like, wow, another day where I'm like, I don't have anything to offer, because why is it there's no one who's been with me, or I don't have all these great close friends, or I'm, it's, it's so crazy. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy, but yeah, I don't know. And it hits you at like the most random times. Yeah. I'm like taking a shower. I'm like, wow, you're such an ugly person. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? I, I was just, just shampooing. What the heck? Hair. I'm just washing my. I'm just shampooing my hair, bro. Like, all right. yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and it, the imposter syndrome. Like, oh, they're gonna find out that you're flawed surprise who's they the already they? do who's the they, who's in, your, they? in your scenario in my scenario it's like the church my loved ones my family those that i really love because that's like the one that'll hurt me the most that's true and i'm like they love me they already know all these things yeah. but like oh my love what if they find out even more i'm like bro what does that even is mean? that like the voice in your head yeah mm. it's like so relentless and it's the ones where it's like um oh like it's like it sneaks in and red. I'm like, oh, why are you snacking? Why are you eating all those Pringles, bro? Like, you're gonna grow fat. <laughs> like, what the? Can I love Pringles. The Pringles. Oh, the cream Pringles. and onion is the best, but like, <laughs> it just comes up and pops out, and it's so relentless sometimes. Yeah. It comes and goes, but it's it just is there, and it's yeah. brutal. Oh, yeah. Did anyone else? I'm crying too. Did, I'm like turning away cry. from the camera so that <laughs> someone else cry. <laughs> Um, I can share, and sorry, listeners, if I burst into tears, I'm sorry, but the topic is so uh, sensitive. Um, Yeah, so for me, um, I've been dealing with depression, like, uh, since I was 20, and I was uh, officially diagnosed, and during that time, during, like, the the most darkest times of uh, um, whatever it is I'm going through, um, I did doubt God a number of times. And I remember there was this one conversation during prayer I had in my room. And I was like, if you say you love me, like what you say in your word, then why do I want to die? Mm-hmm. And it was, and I remember like, um, it was like, actually, I remember the year too. It was January 4th, 2020. And that was also the day where I called a hotline because I wanted to die. And I remember saying to God, well, you know what? You don't care about me and you forgot about me because I feel like I'm living in a, I'm living in a world where no one notices me. No one listens to me. I feel like I'm in a loud room and I'm screaming, but no one will turn attention to me. And I was like, it's better off if not, I'm not around anymore. And it's crazy because the person on the hotline who is not a Christian told me, hey, I think you need to know that God loves you and that um, that he cares about you. And they didn't even know that I was a Christian. And it's crazy because, like, God comes in at, like, the times you need him the most. (laughs) And um, there's a verse, like, you know, Psalm 23, it says, even if you go through the darkest valley that... Mm. I'm with you. And that's a verse I used to read with my mom mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, Psalm 23. <laughs> we just memorize this every night. But I didn't know at 10 yeah. years old, 13 years later, that that would be the verse that would save me. Wow. And yeah, I just, it, it made me like, as I look back on those times, um, 
I really wasn't alone, right? And God was there. Maybe my expectation of him coming in right away was like, it was different from what his plan was. And I'm really thankful though that um, in those dark moments, as I look back, I'm really thankful that I learned from them and I wasn't necessarily uh, happy in those moments or it wasn't an ideal situation, but I felt like those moments needed to happen because my relationship with the Lord got even closer. Wow. Yeah. And sorry, I cried. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that um, I really think um, dark, deep moments mm-hmm. and really dark seasons of your life is, um, a, is opens up an invitation for you to become wow. vulnerable with yes. other people. Wow. And I think that vulnerability is one of the key things, if not the, the top most thing that you wow. need in order when you're going through um, mental health um, um, struggles. And when you are able to uh, find someone, it doesn't have to be 100 people. If you find that one yeah. person that you can open up to without judgment, without fear, then like it's, it's really important. You know, um, and, and just writing off of what Angel's been sharing, and, and, and this has been an open topic uh, for our church and, of course, for, for this group here, that I do have those bouts of depression, and it's not something I'm ashamed of. Um, it's, not, it's not something I love. I didn't ask for it. But I feel like the more we're able to talk about it, the less shame there is on people who go through it, mm-hmm. and it disarms the power of depression over people's lives because mm-hmm. the power of depression is isolation. Mm-hmm. That's the very nature yeah. of is. depression is to isolate you. That's why Myla is able to say, I know these people love me. I know I have good people around me who know my flaws, but why do I still feel so alone? Because that's the very nature of depression. And for, you know, in, in going back to uh, Christine's original question is, have you ever doubted God? I think in the beginning, uh, this has been many, many years um, ever since I can remember. Um, in the beginning, I believe I did. I, I don't want to say I never doubted God's goodness. But as of, as of late, I really, what I feel does not change who God is. And something I have learned in this journey and something that I share with those that that open up to us and talk to us about this is I am not my emotions. Mm -hmm. I am not my thoughts because all kinds of crazy thoughts come and pop into your head Mm -hmm. and those voices become so loud and it makes those emotions so strong wherein, thank God, we have the Word of God where we're able to say, listen, these thoughts, this is not me. Mm-hmm. This emotion, this feeling is not me. These emotions and feelings is going to pass. And I remember, I forgot who it was that said, don't make a permanent decision over a temporary situation. Yeah, In other yeah. words, don't end your life permanently over something that you know is going to pass. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, one of the tools we've I've learned over the years is when you're going through depression, and, and you know those of, you, those of you that go through it, you can see this. It's, I, I describe it as like being on top of a slide. You see the slide is going down, but you cannot stop a thing. And you begin that descent, and you're trying to fight it and fight it and fight it, and it's just frustrating and exhausting because no matter how hard you try, you're going downhill.
And what I've learned over those seasons is I'm going to buckle down. Mm-hmm. I am going to remind myself that God is good no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm thinking. And what has helped me tremendously, and, and Angel talked about it, is being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. In that you are able to have one, that's all you need, is one or two people mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, I'm going through it. I remember uh, in the past bringing, you know, I'm not saying I don't do it anymore, but I would, my family would pay the greatest price. Because when I'm going through it, they are the ones closest to me. And they have to go through what I'm making them go through. And it was all because, uh, much of it was because I was trying to keep it all inside. But the moment I learned to be vulnerable, and, and Pastor Happy can attest to this, I would just say it's one of those days. I'm going through it. And the moment that you're able to release it into the open, something just breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those of you that, that go through it and you've not tried it, just you try it. And, and, and you're going to understand what I mean. But the moment you're able to be vulnerable to somebody and express, I'm going through it right now. I'm going through depression. I'm going through anxiety. I'm going through, name it, because there's no shame in it. You never ask for it. So why are you ashamed? Mm. Right? And in fact, when you're able to name it, you actually begin to have power over it. And so when you are able to express it, I'm just going through it. Then you're going to begin to see days get better and people surrounding you and praying for you and and journeying with you through it all. And so never, you know, I think it's just, I want to just say that again, never doubt that God is good. And yet you are not your feelings and you are not your thoughts. Mm. Feelings and thoughts come and go, but who God says you are, Mm. the cross is already finished. Your value has already been established. His love for you has been sealed. And so don't ever embrace those feelings as your identity. Right? So um, I don't know if anybody else wants to add to that. Anybody else? I'm like crying over here, so if like anyone else wants yeah. to take it, I would appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, w- I would kind of say I had the same experience. Like when I was a younger Christian, that I would think is like, it's like, oh God, why are you doing this? But as I became older, it's just like you already know that God is good. But sometimes that would make me feel removed from Him, and then I will feel. Um, like too ashamed to go to him. It's like, I know that you've given me everything. So, but I still feel like this and I, and I like, don't, um, yeah, like, like God has always come through for me in every single situation of my life. And then, um, but there are just those, those times that just like knowing that he is so good. Like sometimes it, it makes me feel like I want to like run and hide from him. Yeah, but but he has always been like that that kind and faithful. And there there are times too. Like I know, like one of our upcoming questions don't, is don't just worry about it. I'm <laughs> throw this iPad away. Is <laughs> like is like um like serving God and like ministry, mm-hmm. but still dealing with like depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. <laughs> and I would say like the thing about like when when God places a mission in you that is so strong and that he has such like great purpose for you that, that the enemy will try and do everything mm. 
to keep you from that. And then it's especially hard, I think, when you're one of the more visible people um, in the church. And then you don't want to let everybody down. And you want to be that example of like, like, like God, like, come on, like, you want to be the one that brings everyone up. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard, like, like to talk about it or to even bring it up. But, um, like, again, just being vulnerable and then, like, telling, like, your life group leader or, like, the people that are with you, like, this is, this is, like, the load I'm carrying. And then there's a reason why God placed us in that community is because, like, he, he will heal you through, um, those around you because those are also like indwelling like temples of the Holy Spirit and he intends to to use that because yeah like we were talking earlier and we were saying like like the entire entire Bible is that narrative of you are not alone for I am with you and I I see you I want to be with you and I want to redeem you and just like um like it's okay I think uh it's been an interesting journey for me like dealing with because like I also struggle with a lot of suicidal ideation and depression and and just purpose in general but um but yeah like one of the psalms that always comes back to my mind is um it's like I will not die I will live to tell of the works of the Lord and to sing his praises and then yeah so that's like one of my anchoring verses I think it's just because um it's like when when like I don't want any of it anymore. Like I just want to like crawl into a hole and never talk to anybody again and just be done with everything. But but you know like like my life was not for me. It was like bought for a price. And then it's just like it is. And then I get back into that posture of gratefulness. It's like you gave me everything, you know. So so like and if if he's all that I have, it's okay. Yeah. I love listening to you guys. I'm literally like over here just crying. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say to the people who are listening that um, God, of course, he's with you in the your summits or your mountain peaks, but he's also with you in the valleys. So don't think that... <laughs> I'm always going to cry. Don't think that you're um, not alone because he's with you. And yeah, um, it's just a, for me also, like it was just also the sh- the shift of mindset. Like this is not my life. God gave me this life. So who am I to say, okay, I'm done. You know, <laughs> it's like he gave this to me with the ultimate sacrifice. And so I should live, I should live really. Yeah. Did any one of the boys want to take this question? <laughs> the question was, I threw away my iPad. I don't have it anymore. The question was, um, in your own experience with mental health, have you ever found yourself doubting that God is good? Um, yes. Uh, that was when I, before I became a Christian, actually. But like I, I have a, a Catholic background. But um, for years, like I forgot God's love already. Um, at one point, when I was younger, I guess, um, like I went through a really hard depression, like caused by um, just not being happy with what I have, and um, just like I had an ac- skateboarding accident too. So that kind of like a lot of catastrophe in my life that happened, and that kind of like took a hold of me, and um, slowly and surely, like I I went into uh, drug addiction followed by like a major depression 
And around that time, uh, my mom always, um, I love my mom, thank you. <laughs> because like at that time, she really helped me, um, like bring me back to God because like there was only two of us when we came to Canada. So I only have her as a family and I never really made like a strong connection with other people because I, I guess I resented being here because all my family and friends are in the Philippines. So all those things, all those thoughts was just kind of like, that really took a hold of my emotions and how I see things, how I see life. Anyways, um, during that depression and then with my mom telling me that God loves me, at that point, it was really hard to see um, God's love because all I can see is what I'm going through. And it was so hard to see the like God's plan or what was the purpose that I'm going through, like at, what was why I was going through that, and uh, I felt like a small boat in very very rough ocean, and nobody was like gonna help me, and I was like I always disregard the fact that you know um, now that I realize it, it's like you know. God puts us through these situations in order for us to grow. But at that point, it was really hard to see mm -hmm. it that way because, um, yeah, just I didn't reach out. I tried to keep it to myself. And, you know, God's, you, you can actually, when you reach out to people, it's it's good, especially if you're like really, really down because it reminds you that God loves you because sometimes doing it on your own it's really hard because like what Pastor Knapp said when those emotions are like so strong it's just it's it overwhelms you and makes you forget like why like the purpose of you know like a struggle because every struggle there's a purpose there's always a lesson to learn from it and I feel like we all answered it. Um, Earl, did you want to take this one at all? Yeah, so was there a, ever a point in my life that I doubted God? I am going through it right now. Like, um, yeah. Uh, actually, just, you know, like, planned to came to, like, to come to this just to sit in and listen. But, yeah, um, like, as a young adult that, goes through that, when you have that transition to, like, being an actual adult, like, you know, being able to provide for yourself, um, being able to help out your family, and then when it goes south, like, you actually doubt that God is good, and then, but it's actually not the truth, it's just the, it's just the enemy trying to nudge you to believe his lie, and then, we always quote this, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but then, like the enemy would always, oh, do you really believe that he has a plan for you? Everything's going south for you right now, so like, yeah, I really, I'm really thankful for, for our life group leaders. Shout out to our life group leaders because you can always, um, you know, you can always. It's so important to have that community. And be actually like actually be able to confess because there's healing in our confession, mm -hmm. and yeah, even though um, you're going through it right now, I love what 
Queen Nap said, it's not what defines you, and it doesn't change the truth of who God is. So, yeah, um, for the viewers, I would encourage you to be in a life group if you <laughs> are not in any life group. <laughs> yeah, um, being plugged in in a small group is like actually helped me a lot with my mental health because you have everyone. There's a safe. It's like a safe haven for me um, to just you know like be able to um, express myself or. Um, yeah, because they will walk with you and pray for you and you would see uh, the hand of God move in your life through the community. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel like everyone needs to take like a big sigh. Like, <sighs> oh my goodness, I love listening, but I also am like someone who cries at the minute they see like someone else crying. So I'm just a bit of a bit of a mess. Um, I feel like I should answer because everyone answered. Oh no, she's gonna cry. I know, I should get it like ready. <laughs> oh, oh, whoa, this is so much scarier in the hot seat. This is so much scarier. I should never deny being the host. I feel like I'm, I'm always like, I don't wanna host, but then like actually being on, your guys' end is so scary. Um, for me, like talking about mental health, like the thing that always makes it worse for me is my own pride. Because I'm like, uh, like as a church leader, like I really relate to Myla, like having that, being a church leader, especially like in youth, like there's a lot of people that look up to you. And especially like I preach a lot too. And I preach about like the goodness of God. And then I go home and like cry because like I'm so just like unconvinced of like this like goodness of God that I just preached. And so there's this, like, huge pride that I have of, like, well, I shouldn't let anyone know that I'm struggling because I just went on Sunday and I just preached that. You just need to remember the love of God and you just need to remember all of this. And then Monday morning comes and, like, here I am, like, so unconvinced of the love of God. And then that pride, like, makes me, like, not want to reach out to anybody. And there's been so many times, like, I don't reach out to one for so long and it just gets like so much worse like it's like a exponentially gets yes. worse when you don't talk to someone about it or like I mean it's even worse when you do talk to someone about it and then it makes it kind of worse sometimes then it's like an even more exponential growth into like decaying I don't know but pride has always been like my number one thing because I'm so like self-conscious about how other people see me and like wanting to maintain this image of like this like Christian kid who like is in the ministry, who is a church leader. And then because I'm like trying to convince people of this like narrative that we wanna like, that I wanna like be perceived as, then I just take more things on. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm not stressed out. Like I can, I can take this on. Like <laughs> that's, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And so like, I'm stressed out, I'm too prideful to admit it, and then I'm taking on more responsibilities. And then I just like get in this endless cycle. And then one time it got like really bad for me, like um, probably winter of like 2020-ish. Like it was so bad that like my parents had to be the one to reach out to Pastor Nap and Pastor Happy for me. Like I didn't even do it. 
because I was just like too prideful to like say anything or too like ashamed. And so they like contacted Pastor Nap and Pastor Happy and they contacted me. And I remember sitting in your office with like a pillow on my stomach being like, I was so convinced I was going to just like walk in and out and be like, I'm not going to say anything. I'll just say like, oh, I'm just a little stressed out right now and then walk out. But then like I spent the whole meeting just like trying not to cry. And one thing that Pastor Happy told me that like sticks with me forever is she's like, you set your boundaries at 100%. Like, and so when anybody crosses your boundary, even by 1%, you're already overloaded. Like with my time, I just give all of my time to somebody else or I give like all of like my time that I should be spending like um, for myself or spending with God, like I just give it to other people. And so like with my time or like with my emotions, like I set my boundaries at 100%. She's like, you need to set it at 70% so that when things like go wrong in your life, like you don't have a mental breakdown every single time. And even being able to um, talk to other people or talk to Pastor Nap and Pastor Happy, like that's when things really started to look up for me because like saying that like I'm struggling with my workload right now, like, we were able to find out, like, solutions to that because there is, like, the spiritual side or, like, the mental side of getting help. But then there's, like, sometimes, like, real things that we can implement into our lives to minimize, like, the mental health, not the mental health, the, the mental stresses on our lives. So, like, not always taking everything on and being open when you're, like, when you can't do something is something that I'm still learning and still, like, going through. But, yeah, that's my answer. And, you know, I think I, I, I want to just step in here, and as the pastor of our church, I want to just release everybody from having to perform, right? Like, and, and I, I, I've done the best I can, or I've tried to model it for all of us. Um, there have been times that you've seen, and you know how we preach, we, we're, pra- we're passionate people, we're loud people, and, and we do believe what we're saying, even though sometimes we feel like we don't. Um, I really uh, do believe it yeah. when I'm saying it. I'm not <laughs> right? saying I go up yeah. there and fake it. So I really they, do believe uh, it. Your feelings are going to follow eventually, but we know what is the truth. And you've seen, and, and you know how we, we are, we're very passionate people. But there have been times I got off that pulpit and called, uh, called on our leadership council, and I needed them to pray for me right there and then, uh, right there and then immediately after the celebration, because I was not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just release us from having to just have this Christian cape, Superman cape on us, <laughs> that we have to be on point all the time, every time. And, and, and you know what? That's just not healthy. Yeah. And, it, it, and we don't ever want to see our, our church family have to be overburdened to fulfill an expectation that is not realistic. Yeah. And that's why we teach all of you and, and our volunteers to have boundaries, right? And we're very careful with the loads that each one of you has because um, as young and as zealous as you are, you want to take on the world. But And at the same time, there is that unspoken Christian, you know, uh, pressure that you can't say no, right? And... Um, I'm reminded of the scripture of, uh, where it says of Jesus that he often withdrew in the wilderness to pray. He was not slacking off. He was not running away from ministry or anything. But he understood even his own, 
I hate to say capacity because he's God, right? I want to be clear about that. But he understood the ebbs and flows of life, of ministry. So there's going to be times that you're going to be able to take on more. But there's other times that you need to kind of lie low. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so I want to be able to share it from, you know, um, openly to our church family and to you, uh, the next generation, that you don't have to perform you know, you don't have to. Now, in saying this, we're also not babying, right? Oh, mental health. Oh, I'm anxiety. There's, there's a fine line between, you know, uh, pressing through and stepping back. Yeah. And we have to work that out together. And to Earl's point, that's the importance of having community mm-hmm. and having our, our life group leaders with us because God gives them wi- uh, insight also as to what are your capacities. And mm-hmm. so we have to work on that together because the last thing we also want to do is baby this thing where everybody's got mental health issues. Really, you're just being stretched, yeah. right? So there's that balance yeah. to this, right? And so, um, and, and that's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. It's every, it's through relationship that we get to know each other's uh, capacity. So, um, yeah, I wanted to just release, you know, take a breath and, and just be able, because, again, one of our objectives here is really to be able to have, empower people, empower our church family and those others who are going through it to not have to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the common denominators that we have all said is how powerful relationships, yeah. how powerful community is in dealing with you know, the right people anyways. <laughs> some, some of them you should stay away from, right? But how important uh, relationships are in community is to, to our mental health. So I thought I just wanted to add that. Yeah, and kind of there is like, when we talk about being more vulnerable, we all, oh, I, I'm having to host through like tears. I'm talking about being vulnerable. Like there is this, like, we want the increase of people to be vulnerable, but then we also have to be prepared for the people that are going to yeah. be coming to us with um, this newfound vulnerability that I do, like, like, I do want in the church, but like, I also ask myself, like, of course, really? we're learning vulnerability in front of yeah, the camera, the camera, <laughs> which is a hard thing, but. I hope we're modeling it well. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Looking at the light, it kind of blinded me a little bit. Um, there has to also be this, like, also, I almost like equipping of, like, what, if someone opens up to me, like, what do I do then? Yeah. Because there is, and I want to bring this up because we have touched about uh, touched on this a few times, like suicide and suicidal ideations. But there is a duty to report. Like we we do cover our friends who come to the to us with those. Like we cover them in prayer. But there is also like a very real danger and duty to report them and not report them to report and to and to um, what is the word to um, refer them to a professional. And so I did want to mention that before we end this podcast. But as like someone who has opened up to other people in the church like we all mentioned like either opening up to pastor nap or pastor happy or opening up to our life group leaders not everyone has access to pastor nap and pastor happy in the sense that some listeners may not even be in this church and so as someone who has gone through all of us talked about like going through mental health issues like 
what advice would you give to someone who really wants to be there for their friend when they're when they open when they get open when someone opens up to them like what advice would you give to them like how to be there for someone I would say pray first definitely like even if like as you're listening to them too like always pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit and and what to say in addition I think also something that um, I had to learn in my own experiences to just listen um, that you know sometimes they're just they're not wanting a solution they're not wanting you to fix anything per se because it might not even be in your capacity but more so just listening with no judgment and with empathy it's like you might not necessarily fully be able to relate but being that steady person that they know you'll be able to like listen to is a wor- makes a world of a difference um, in my own experience and being on both ends um, it depends on the topic, but like for my experience, um, from a lot of in the comparison problem is to practice gratitude. Um, it's a journey, and you know once you learn the what God has for you and how uh, how God loves you, it's like you don't change right away. You're still gonna get attacked with depressions and stuff, and to practice. Gratitude and those little things, you know, what God's giving us and to um, slowly find, you know, peace on where you're at and be happy on, you know, what you have right now. Because there's so many people that, you know, wish that you have what you have right now. And then a lot of us, you know, we take for granted of how lucky we are and how blessed we are, you know, to have those little things in our life. And, and. I was just going to say, as someone who, like, has opened up to someone, um, what I think that um, if someone opens up to you, don't hit them with toxic positivity, like, oh, yeah, just just smile, everything will be fine, or, like, it's okay to, it's okay, this will, this this storm will pass, whatever, Um, but I think it's more important to just listen to them, like Myla said, listen to them, because, um, especially someone who, I have a hard time with opening up to people, and what I found was when they just listened to me, and they didn't, they didn't have like a thousand solutions to all my problems. Mm-hmm. They just listened, and they said, "I'm here for you, yeah. and I see you, and I, I'm, I'm listening to you." Um, I think that's the most, and that's the thing that most people would want, um, mm-hmm. and that's what we should do is to just listen. Yeah, because, you know, that's the greatest support. I think knowing that someone is. Um, is there for you. Um, they're not, like Miley said, they're not judging you and that they're not trying to, you know, give you a different perspective, but, oh, maybe you should see it like this or and whatnot, because it doesn't help. Like, criticism at a time where someone is, like, yeah. full-on, like, breaking down these walls and go and t- giving you, like, their story, just listen. Yeah. I think it, that's the main, main thing you should just do. Yeah. I think sometimes as Christians, we like, not Christians, I think maybe even it's just a people problem. Like we want to fix people immediately. Like they come to us with this solution and we want to give them like, we always want to make them like whole again. We want to make them better. And so there's this immense pressure now on our shoulders to make them better. But I think a piece of advice I would give to someone is like, remember that you're not in charge of their choices and remember that you can't fully fix them. Because if you remember that you can't fully fix someone, then you, instead of 
the entire responsibility of their mental health or whatever being on you, you can then partner with God because we can't ever fully fix somebody. And if we think we can, we're just fooling ourselves and we're putting ourselves into like a path to destruction. And so um, just remembering that um, it's really important to partner with God in terms of some, if someone in the church is like coming to you with um, mental health um, advice or like mental health problems, mental health issues, to remember that it's not just your own good words or good thoughts that's going to heal them, but it's really partnering, having a listening ear and partnering with God in that moment. Anyone else want to touch on this one? As one who has opened up and been opened up to, um, again, it's so vital and Angel talked about it as well as the others. A lot of times when you're going through it, you're not necessarily looking for to be preached at. Mm. Um, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I don't need you to preach to me. Yeah. I know what the Word of God says. But what we do need in those moments are listening ears. Mm-hmm. To just be able to, to verbalize, to articulate, because there's so many things building up in here. There's so many things. Your head is just so full of thoughts and all of these things that you need to be able to articulate that. Um, and so when somebody begins to open up to you, I understand, you know, the, the, the toxic positivity. Um, and, and it's all with good intentions, right? It's all with good intentions. But sometimes it, you just really need to hear. Mm-hmm. You just really need to listen. Um, and being the one being open up to you, you need to know where your line is, mm-hmm. where your capacity is. Because as one that's being opened up to, um, you don't want to also go beyond what you know. Meaning, and what I mean by that is if they really need to see professional help, don't be prideful in yourself thinking you're going to be the one to keep them. But to be able to channel them, even as pastors, and we've counseled many people through it, there comes a point in time, this is okay, my next best advice would be let's help you get right professional help, right? Um, And and I think that's one of the healthy things that we can do is to be able to channel people to to other agencies that would be able to help them even more. When you say agencies, like therapy? Therapy. um, and, And... I just want to break that 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 mindset mm. that Christians shouldn't see therapists. I'm, you know, medication uh, too. Or, or medication. Um, now, granted, there are some medication that you may be adverse to, so I can't give medical advice. But as to medication, all good and perfect things comes from God, and so we have to allow for the Lord to use mm-hmm. even medication, even therapy, mm-hmm. whatever tools are there necessary, uh, whatever tools there are that's available that God can use, mm-hmm. right? And so I remember um, our, our pastor before, our spiritual father before, when I got diagnosed with diabetes, I was so depressed and in and, and, and denial of all things, and, and he really believed for my healing, and I was, I was scared. And he says, Nap, don't die before you're healed. And, and what he was saying is, don't give up because healing is a process. Mm-hmm. There's, there's 
there's healings and restorations that happen instantaneously, miraculously. We, we praise God for that. But the blind man had to go walk and wash his eye mm-hmm. while he was blind, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and the other one got instantly healed. But yet both of them mm-hmm. got their healing in different processes. That's true. So that's why I'm saying is we can't just, you know, rush God into there's a process. And maybe, maybe it's he's working on our humility. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Naaman had why did Naaman says, why can't I just dip in my own river? It's cleaner than yours when he had leprosy. But it was and not on the first dip, it was on the seventh dip. Why not just get healed on the first dip, right? Why you got to do this seven times? It's like, well, that's the way God said so. Mm-hmm. So if you want, there's a process to certain things. And so in, in saying that, don't be so, you know, dogmatic about it. it has to be by laying out of hands only. There's people that, are ab- that God is able to use within the body of Christ. There's great Christian therapists that you're able to, to, to see and help you go through these moments, right? So, yeah. To end this podcast off, I thought it would be appropriate if we all gave a little piece of advice um, to our younger self. So regarding mental health, what is a piece of advice that you would give? to your younger self. And I guess we'll start on the opposite way with Earl over there. Um, A a piece of advice that I would give to my younger self is um, find the right people to open up with. For me, it would be to... um, Not everything is about you. And, um, And, yeah, I mentioned it earlier, to have God your goal and to change your perspective in your, the purpose of um, your, and not everything is about, like, you know, getting what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, about being able to serve God and preach his gospel and, you know, make it your goal. Um, I think for myself, don't bottle it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to explode. So release the tension in the air and don't be afraid to share. Wow. <laughs> Didn't even mean to do that. Wow. Dr. Seuss up in here. Oh, I can't come up with anything that rhymes after my life. <laughs> but I think um, I'm going to stick to something that I learned, um, unfortunately, a little later on than... I wish I had, but you are not your emotions. You are not your thoughts. You are who God says you are. Mm-hmm. And it, there's no shame in what you're going through. Find the community that you can share it with. For me, I would say don't be afraid of the lament that um, God is there for you to open up, that you can tell him uh, anything, that you can rant to him anything, and to not shy away from that. Um, I would say uh, it's okay to cry, and that opening up is not uh, you being weak, it's you, you actually being strong. Mm-hmm. And I guess the third one would be, because um, a third one, why not, um, is um, when you hit your lowest point, that's sometimes where uh, the greatest change can happen in your life. Um, for me, it would be, um, it, I would say to my younger self that it's okay to be vulnerable. And... Um, 
you don't have to deal with it on your own. Um, mine would be the little bit of embarrassment you feel opening up is worth releasing all is worth not suffering in silence. Like it's so it's like a minuscule moment and it's like not even an hour long, most likely in order for you not to suffer in silence. It's worth it every time. Um, in tears, listeners, I'm asking you to please follow. <laughs> it feels inappropriate. It feels like I'm doing an ad brand deal in the middle of like a true crime podcast, like that kind of vibe. But um, this is our two episodes, summer hot topics run as we're entering into the fall. But perhaps there will be a fall hot topics or a fall cool topics. Cool topic. I'm not sure. But this is not the end of this podcast. So listeners, if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please make sure to follow this page. This is our only official page for Champion Life Center Guelph. And if you are watching on YouTube, um, I hope you enjoyed seeing us all cry. Make sure you subscribe. We release weekly sermons um so if you wanted to connect to our church in that way we would love to have you visit our youtube page uh we pray that this podcast helped you um we pray that um you would remember that you are loved and that you did not stumble onto this podcast by chance Mm -hmm. and so as as i know all of us are going to be thinking about what we talked about here and trying to implement vulnerability i pray that you too would implement vulnerability so i encourage you to put the phone down and to talk to that person about that issue that you're going through. I pray you're having, I pray that you will have a good day and I pray that you would stay blessed. God bless you.